Welcome to Healthy Body, Healthy Mind. This is a podcast series from the Faculty of Health at UTS, otherwise known as the University of Technology, Sydney, in Australia. In this series, we'll be looking at some of the groundbreaking work being conducted by health researchers at UTS. I'm your podcast host, William Verity. This episode, we're looking at rehabilitation from drug addiction. We'll start our podcast with two of the key figures in the program. First, Julie Babineau, the CEO of Odyssey House, now called Odyssey New South Wales. And next, Toby Newton-John, acting head of the School of Clinical Psychology in the Graduate School of Health at UTS. How do we know what works and what doesn't? We're sitting on a beautiful site. We're sitting in our major residential rehab center at Odyssey House. We have a lot of other services. Odyssey's been here actually for 45 years. It's an old seminary that was given to Odyssey in 1977. And as you can see, we're on top of a hill and there's no better place to have a therapeutic environment. So the building is set in quite large grounds. It looks like a kind of Victorian manor house. It's a large, multi, two or three-storey, like an enormous terrace house, but it's set in its own lands. As you walk into the building, there are people moving everywhere. There's an enormous energy in the place. There's the people who greet you at reception are incredibly friendly and welcoming and encouraging, helpful people. So there's a sort of hive of activity, kid kitchens where the food's being prepared. There's, I think, 90, the, the, while well, there's 90 or 100 beds. The plural of anecdote isn't evidence. And so just because lots of people said it was a great program didn't mean it was actually a great program. And actually there was universal openness and willingness to participate in this. I think the Odyssey House team, the clinical team, the admin team are kind of aware enough that it's important to be able to document that our treatments are effective. And so they were wonderful in collaborating, giving us open access and, and freedom to talk to the folks going through the program. There was never any sense that they were uncomfortable with it, which is really good. So the first step was to make sure everyone was on board with it and Odyssey House put a, a steering committee together to make sure that internally everybody was comfortable with what was happening. The second thing was having one of the research team embedded, as it were, in Odyssey House. So Rose Miller, who was the research assistant on the project, spent two days a week for the best part of a year with Odyssey, actually in the facility itself. And so she got to know both the staff but also the participants in the program and follow them up and so on. So I felt, I hope it felt, a collaborative exercise between the university and Odyssey House rather than something the university was sort of doing to Odyssey House. And then the third part of it, I suppose, is sort of regular updates. So we met with a steering committee on a very regular basis and reported back to the whole clinical team a couple of times a year just to keep everybody in the loop as to how things were progressing and any changes that we needed to make. They are all aware of those changes and comfortable with them. What did you find were the challenges of this research? 
One of the big challenges was that the program as we were evaluating it, it's a pretty tough program. So the participants have to take part in certain activities every day as part of the therapeutic community. The participants initially often reported they found it, you know, they used words like it's like jail, it's like the army, it's like they felt that the staff at times were too strict and too inflexible about the rules and so on. When participants are not happy with what's happening in terms of their treatment, they, you know, they want to sort of offload that somewhere. And so I think tendency to vent a little bit about their dissatisfactions. But what was most interesting is that in our subsequent interviews, because we interviewed people up to 12 months after they'd finished the program, the things that they, in a sense, complained about when they first left the program or when they, first, um, when they were first interviewed were the very things that 12 months later they said were the most valuable things, the things that they'd found actually most helpful. The message was that the program is hugely effective for the people who can stay with it, but there was room for the program to to reconfigure itself to perhaps maximise what it can offer for people who otherwise might not have stayed with the whole program. Rose Miller, as the research assistant, came into this project having, I think she'd submitted her PhD or just got it, but she was pretty new recruit to the research world. Rose is a very level-headed, very sensible. She's a psychology graduate, so she's a kind of insightful person, but well-spoken, very articulate. And again, I've not asked Rose this, but I'm not sure how much time she might have spent with folks like she was interviewing for this project who were from a very different socioeconomic background to most of us in academia here and at times in their lives where they would have been under a great deal of stress and really suffering. I'm Rose Miller and we're standing in Odyssey House, New South Wales, the Eagle Vale site, where I worked as a research assistant about three, four years ago. And uh, yeah, this is their, I guess, flagship site. So they've been here for like over 40 years and this is where they do most of their program, like residential program. guess what we were trying to do here was really see if we could evaluate the effectiveness of the program so whether it does improve someone's long-term outcomes in a way that would capture the essence of what OSC is about and that was really engaging like being able to engage with the residents once they left. The idea for the project had really been put together very fast. So a lot of my role was working with Toby, Julie and other Odyssey House staff to translate that into reality. So at first there was actually a lot of project management. So even thinking about, well, if this is going to be a research project, what do we need to do? So that's establishing where the data was coming from, figuring out how we were actually going to do it, so how we were going to handle consent, like making sure that it was uh, conducted ethically, but also would work in with the Odyssey House style. Because I think that's why originally they wanted an on-site 
researcher so that it wasn't someone like doing it from far away it was someone who understood the program so that they could actually I guess be respectful. But we also wanted to get some context because you can have all the data in the world but that might not actually tell you something straightforward about say if someone's dependence on a substance reduces over time it might not tell you like the why of that. So we actually did a quite a big qualitative component, which basically means we also designed a process so that when someone finished treatment and went back out into the real world, they could actually tell us directly like what were their experiences of Odyssey, what their experience of treatment was, what were the things that helped them the most, what were the things that helped them the least. And we actually mapped that out over about a 12-month period. People definitely liked how they knew what was happening each day. Some actually had never experienced that in their lives. That was just a complete blank to them. What was really unusual about this research is that I got to know these people. I think what they thought hadn't worked but then worked in the long term, it was not so much about the structure and routine. It was just them confronting their feelings about that. It was their discomfort with being called out and being held accountable. So that would be what I'd say would be the the thing that occurred most, where it didn't seem to work at first for them, but then it did over the long term. Mm -hmm. It made me realise I had stigma and bias that I didn't even know I had. And I remember the first few calls I made to people for no reason at all. I remember feeling a bit scared, which made no sense because I'd met the residents, I knew a lot of people here, And I realised that the preconceptions I had about drug use and the kind of person who uses drugs and um, may need to go to rehab, it made me confront it head on. And think about, well, if someone's seeking to make their lives better, I want to try to make that happen. I think the other thing that really affected me was that when I started to talk to people, I could see what barriers they were running into to be able to access treatment. And I think Odyssey does a really fantastic job of trying to break down some of those barriers, um, particularly mental ones. So like a lot of times it's actually working on people's esteem that they actually deserve to have someone care about what happens to them. And you see that all around. So I'm Julie Babineau and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Odyssey House New South Wales. It was certainly a turning point to have someone from outside because we introduced Rose, first of all, as a UTS staff because we wanted to make sure that although she worked with us hand in hand, that the research was independent. It wasn't Odyssey measuring Odyssey. That was really important. So you you gave her a free hand to criticise what was going on. It was the only way that this would be successful. I mean, research is about learning the good and the bad because you need to know where the gaps are to be able to improve. And, you know, there's gaps in any program. And our program had been self-evaluated quite a lot before. My predecessor, James Spitz, had been in the program for a long time. He was a a graduate of the program, and there was a lot of self-evaluation. But some of the things that we've learned through having an independent research was really important. You know, we we now have groups of clients that come in and help us criticize our program, and that comes from the experience of having done the research, the external research and independent research. 
for a lot of people, and if you talk to some people here, you say, how do you define success? And they'll say, I come back the next day. A lot of people in the community believe that success is people not using again. But if you come into treatment, we give you what you need to be able to stay on your recovery journey. You don't relapse. That is successful. We help you to get a roof over your head, to get a purpose, to get up in the morning, to be able to have a job, to know how to control your mental illness and your urges of drinking or using. That is success as well. We kind of built the people up to a certain point and then we got into the more treatment phase, if you want, to prepare them for when they leave. Now we do that a lot earlier. And, you know, mental health is really important that we start tackling that from day one. We now have a short-term program that we can give you some of the tools that you need that if you leave after three months, you should be okay, depending on your journey, when you leave and stay in a recovery mode for as long as necessary. Right, so again, if I can paraphrase that, what I understand there is that what UTS discovered, I suppose, or what they told you was that there was often some very quick gains as people came in and then they plateaued and then possibly they left. So what you want to do is cater for both those who end up staying, obviously, but also those who might end up leaving. So at least they may not be in a perfect position, but they're in a better position. We need to work with them to say what triggers you and what do you do when the triggers happen. And if you start working on that early in the program, if they do leave early, at least they leave with something. And we give them a little bit of ammunition to be able to be successful out there. So what we need to remember today is that we are visiting individual's home. This is a residential rehab. People live here. We're lucky that Steph is going to take us around on a tour. Steph knows the place. Looking forward to taking you around. All right. Well, so Steph, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your association with Odyssey has? Well, basically growing up, I had quite a fair bit of trauma in my life, which um, ultimately I turned to drugs to relieve. That didn't work. And I reached out to Odyssey House just to get the help that I need. And I was here for 16 months. I lived here. Mm -hmm. And I gained all the tools that I use now on a daily basis to help me get through all my struggles. Well, this here is our most common area. It is um, where we hold all our meetings for the morning to get on with the day and for the evening to get on with the night as well. So it's very strict with the rules here. If you know something that's going on here that's not appropriate, well, you have to hold that person accountable and go to the right people, therapists, and say, I know this, and then it gets all sorted out. Because you're only hurting yourself in the end, really. They don't just take away your drug habit, they help you with your mind and your behaviours and they hold you accountable. You find your values and what you will and won't accept. What are the chances of you ever going back to how you were before you arrived here? No, no way in the world. How can you be so confident about that? Okay, during this journey here, I lost some friends and recently just lost somebody and they went back to that old life. And that broke my heart. 
and I don't want to hurt myself or my family. And I love waking up every day feeling fresh and happy. And I have a son and he's so proud of me. And I have a brother and sister-in-law and my nieces, they're so proud of me. And to take that look off their face and put worry back there, I can't do that to them. Couldn't do that to me. Thank you for listening to Healthy Body, Healthy Mind, a podcast made for the Faculty of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney. This podcast was made in collaboration with Impact Studios at UTS. To hear more great podcasts and to learn how Impact Studios can help you turn your research into engaging audio, simply Google Impact Studios UTS. I'm William Verity.